forty. Love these old red back hymns or something. Caroline does too. They can hit those. <laughs> Just a little while. Keep it up. Let's keep keep the tempo going.
think it's very long, going to be long at all, till we are home, almost home. I believe there's a song about that, isn't it? Almost home. Brother, it won't be long. Amen. Boy, wouldn't it be bad to quit on God just before you cross the finish line? <laughs> I'm glad he didn't quit on us, aren't you? Amen. I want to be faithful to him. I want to go all the way. He didn't say uh, it would be easy, but he did say that his grace would be sufficient. And I believe it will be. That doesn't mean that from time to time we don't feel like God's put more on us than what we can handle. But I'm thankful for the promise of God's word that says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to men. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God tonight. Appreciate your presence. And boy, didn't we have a wonderful time at the baptism service today, this afternoon, as we were able to uh, baptize four precious souls. Amen. And obedience unto the Lord. And uh, I'm thankful for each and every one. And uh, uh, i tell you what, that spoiled me rotten up there in that warm water. I, that's a whole lot uh, warmer in the baptistry pool than it is down at Horse Creek. Can I get a witness? My goodness. But, uh, amen. Uh, I could have just uh, wallowed around in that thing for a little while. <laughs> Almost as warm as a bathtub. But uh, praise God, I do appreciate each and every one. that uh, We had a tremendous show, and I don't... Anybody count to see how many we had there? I, I guarantee it was over 30. Wouldn't you agree with that? Amen. Had a tremendous crowd. Do what? Close to 50 there. Well, amen. We're Baptists, so we like to inflate the numbers, right? So let's just say there was about 100. We had the church full. Amen. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. Sam took a count, but he's not here, so. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, uh, amen. Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name, he's in the midst. So, uh, amen. I think a lot of times we get way too caught up in the numbers game, don't you? Amen. I tell you what, Jesus, he was all about the individual. And uh, I don't think we should ever, um, uh, amen, not be willing to go for just one. Jesus, many times throughout his ministry, he took a deviation and a detour. Uh, amen. He went certain directions. I think about Zacchaeus. Uh, amen. Jesus, it wasn't an accident. Jesus happened uh, to go by the way where Zacchaeus was up there in that sycamore tree. Amen. But, amen, he went there for just one. And I believe we ought to be willing to do the same, aren't you? Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, hallelujah. I'll tell you what, I left the, I left the baptism this, this afternoon on shouting ground, just praising God. I don't ever want to take for granted the privilege we have just to do the Lord's work, no matter how great or small it may seem. Amen. But uh, just to uh, uh, praise the Lord, I, I don't know for sure, but I'd say there's some lost folk there today. And I pray that uh, what was done there was a witness and a public testimony to them of what Jesus did, uh, did for them when he died on the cross and rose again the third day. Amen, what he's done for those who were baptized. Amen, he didn't do it when they were baptized, he did it beforehand. Amen, baptism is a demonstration publicly of what Christ has already done privately and inwardly in your heart. Amen, praise the Lord. 
All right, just by way of announcements, I do want to remind you that we are still looking for help with the Children's Church as far as potential teachers and van drivers. Mind the Lord there if God would have you to help out with that ministry and that need. Uh, amen. You see me and we'll uh, make that work. I do want to remind you that, um, again, uh, well, I'll just let Holly go ahead and, and give you an announcement about the Food Fellowship uh, next Sunday night. Amen. Well, I'll be uh, talking habla espanol before uh, we leave uh, the church next Sunday night. But boy, I, I tell you what, I enjoy those Sunday night fellowships, don't you? We try to do it once a month. Again, that's part of the part of uh, the responsibility of the local church is, uh, amen, the edification of the body by way of fellowship. Amen. So uh, you come out and you be with us. Also, we're going to have missionary family with us. Uh, next Sunday night as well, so we'll be saying more about that. Uh, amen. Don't forget the Trumpet Series broadcast. We're doing our best to uh, produce those um, those episodes uh, at least uh, three to four days per week, just as the Lord allows us to do so. You pray that God would have His way, will and way through that ministry. Don't forget the Ark Ministries as well, as um, we're just doing our best to reach our community for Jesus. Uh, amen. I know that Mary, Miss Mary, testified. Uh, on Wednesday to a, a girl that came into the store uh, this past week that had just come straight out of the woods. She'd been living homeless and uh, uh, amen was able to provide her with some clothes and uh, amen told her about her church and uh, wouldn't it be wonderful to see her show up and maybe give her heart to Christ. So you pray for this ministry as well just by way of prayer request. Again we have several that we've been mentioning. Remember uh, Matt Cutchall in prayer, uh, remember him, uh, remember Miss Lula Cutchall. Well, it was so good to see Sam and Barbie this morning, as uh, they always add so much to our church, but uh, continue to remember them, uh, amen, that the uh, Lord had helped Sam in his recovery and that he wouldn't have any more setbacks, uh, amen. Remember him in prayer, continue to remember Miss Linda and her health, pray for the prices, Bob and Pat, as well as uh, Pat's brother John Whitaker. Uh, pray for Uncle Kenny as he's not been feeling well today. Uh, remember my brother-in-law Chris McCoy. Continue to remember the Danielle Owens family, this young girl uh, that passed away tragically. And uh, amen, just pray for uh, pray that they'll find an answer to what happened to her and that if somebody uh, took her life, that there would be justice. Amen. Uh, praise the Lord. And uh, also pray for Miss Joanne Knight as she's not been feeling well today. Remember her. Uh, remember mom and dad as they're still traveling. Uh, pray for Otis Melton. We need to remember him in prayer. Uh, also Ashley Fender, Lynn Harrison. Uh, pray for David Harrison uh, with cancer. Remember him. Uh, also pray for Pastor Bob Brown. That was mentioned today. Remember him. Uh, remember the Dixon family. Uh, pray for, uh, amen, uh, Abby. Uh, uh, amen uh, as she's traveling uh, she's be in Nashville for a couple of days pray for the leadership of our country we need to remember the leaders of America amen uh, amen pray uh, for pray for revival amen we need genuine revival uh, amen it's not about who's right or who's wrong concerning these current meetings 
but just pray that, uh, amen, that uh, everything that's done would be according to the Word of God. Amen. If we'll do that, we'll have revival. Amen. Praise the Lord. So you remember these in prayer. Also, I was informed, um, amen, Miss Becky. Remember Miss Becky uh, again as she's, um, uh, pray for her, her grandchildren and just some things going on there. And then she informed me, uh, you all probably saw it on the news or heard about it, that there was a shooting here in Greenville last night actually in, uh, in uh, uh, Ravenwood Trailer Park where we picked these kids up. There was a, a young man, actually he was about my age, and I'm afraid I might know him, uh, but uh, again, that went to the trailer park and uh, ended up shooting his girlfriend. And last I heard, she was on a ventilator. And uh, then the police had to respond, and before it was all said and done, they had to take his life. And um, so, amen. Pray for this, pray for this tragedy, and uh, pray for all that are involved. But we need to remember our children that we pick up in that, uh, in that location. We pick up as many as 15 kids out of that one trailer park. And, uh, boy, that, that's just the kind of thing they don't need to be witnessing or seeing uh, as uh, young children. Amen. Uh, these are just a few that we had uh, tonight. You may have some that you'd like to add at this time. That's right. Amen. It's not serious until you're the one going through it, right? Amen. So uh, we need to remember those again that's been affected by this um, this train derailment. As uh, I still am not sure what the repercussions of that are are going to be, and um, just a lot of coincidences there as to what actually happened and who might be behind it. Uh, pray for that. Pray for the earthquake victims in Turkey. Uh, again, the, the uh, death toll is around 45,000 the last time I heard. And each one of those people that lost their lives, they have a soul. And they either went to heaven or they dropped off into the flames of hell. And that ought to be sobering to us, church. Amen. We ought to uh, be burdened and broken over their lives as much as we would our own loved ones. Amen. I've said this before, but if you want uh, God to get a, to be burdened over your loved ones, then you need to get a burden about His loved ones. Amen. Amen. It's not just our, ourselves or our own, but it's uh, Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. Amen. Shed His blood that all men might be saved. Obviously, pray for the, the war in Ukraine and just all the many different crises going on. Boy, I tell you what, Israel is a ticking time bomb right now is... My understanding is they launched an attack, a, a, a rather large attack today in Syria, uh, the Damascus area, uh, targeting those of the Iranian military. And uh, boy, I tell you what, <coughs> there's just uh, you know if you want to if you want to keep um, if you want to uh, stay up to date about what's going on around the world, just keep your eyes on Israel, and that'll tell you everything you need to know. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anything else that we need to pray about tonight?
mean usually we have a list a mile long of prayer requests, and I've got one, two, three, four, five that you've given out today. So, in Sandra Waddell, okay. Anyone else? Unspoken requests by the uplifted hand. Lost loved ones we need to uh, pray for. Amen. Let's pray for the lost. We said it this morning. When God's people get travail, so when we travail and when we labor, then children will be born into the family of God. Amen. All right, we'll gather around the altar. If you'd like to join us as we bring these requests before the Lord, you can do so. If not, pray there in your seats, please. got a lot of our church folk out for different reasons and uh, we need to remember each and every one in prayer. <coughs> but Scott, you lead us in prayer. Father, we do thank you God tonight for this another uh, privilege we have to gather in your house. Lord, and in your name, Father, and God, uh, we know that without you we are nothing. And Father, uh, we certainly are undeserving. Uh, God, uh, Lord, in our uh, hands, no price we bring, simply to the cross we cling. Father, I thank you tonight, Father, for, uh, Lord, your, uh, your grace. I thank you, Father, Lord, for every special blessing you've bestowed upon us. God, I pray you'd forgive us of sin, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God, I pray that, Lord, that our lives, Lord, there'd be nothing in our lives that would grieve or quench the Holy Spirit of God from moving and working on our behalf. But, oh, God, help us not be selfish, God, and to think, Lord, it's all about what you do for us. But, oh, God, we've got to offer up our praises unto thee. God, we have so much to be thankful for tonight. Lord, I pray that you just help us always, God, to be mindful. Help us never to forget. God, who you are and what you've done. Lord, I pray this evening. God, that you'd bless the service. I pray that you'd leave in our midst, God, walk up and down our aisles and across these rooms, Father, from the beginning to the end, that it might be just exactly what you have it to be. Lord, I pray that you'd challenge our faith. God, I pray you'd strengthen our walk. And Lord, if there might be one amongst us that's lost, help us to never take that for granted. God, help them to be saved by your amazing grace. Lord, help tonight as I preach and share your truth, God, under the hearts and lives of your people. Lord, bless these prayer requests. Pray for Matt. I pray for Lula. I pray, God, for Brother Sam and Miss Barbie. I pray for Linda. I pray for Bob and Pat, Lord, bless them. I pray for John Whitaker and Chris McCoy. I pray for the Danielle Owens family. I pray for the Schlears. I pray for Joanne Knight. I pray, God, for Mom and Dad. I pray for Otis. Lord, I pray, God, that you would just bless uh, Ashley and Lynn. Harrison, God, pray for David Harrison. God, I pray for Bob Brown, Lord, bless him. The Dixon family, I pray for Abby. As she travels, I pray for the leadership of our nation. Bless, God, these uh, revival, uh, Lord, movements that are breaking out across uh, the country. God, give us discernment. God, help us to try the spirits to see whether they be of God. Uh, Lord, we need revival. 
couple ushers come forward tonight. We will receive our Sunday night offering you give as the Lord would have you to tonight. Amen. Father, we love you this evening. We thank you, Father, for um, the privilege we have to worship you in our gifts. Lord, we know little is much when God is in it. And Lord, you can take a little and make a lot out of it. So Lord, I pray, God, tonight that you'd help us to give, Lord, not out of, uh, Lord, necessity, or uh, God, give grudgingly, but Lord, I pray we give cheerfully, Lord, you love a cheerful giver. And Lord, I pray that you take what your people give and use it, God, to abound, Lord, unto every good work as you've called our church to be involved in. Move in our midst, in Jesus' name we pray. books and turn to 471 471 <coughs> stand all over the house tonight if you're able take the world but give me Jesus all its joys are but a name, but his love abideth ever through eternal years the same. Oh, the heights and depths of mercy, oh, the lamps and breaths of love, oh, the fullness of of endless life above. Take the world, but give me Jesus, sweetest comfort of my soul. With my Savior watching o'er me, I can sing through billows roll. third take the world but give me jesus let me view his constant smile then throughout my pilgrim journey light will cheer me all the while oh the height and depth of mercy all oh, the length and breadth of love, all oh, the fullness of redemption, pledge of endless life above. Take the world, but give me Jesus, in his cross must trust shall be. Till with clearer, brighter vision, face to face, my Lord, I see. Oh, the height and depth. 
this life above. Boy, isn't that a good song? Amen. How many of you have never heard that before? Raise your hand. Well, it's good, isn't it? Amen. Let's do one more. Turn to 152. 152. the clouds up in the sky always i've heard they were many miles high then as they sailed out of sight for a while i said i'm going higher today i'm going higher higher someday I'm going higher to next day. <laughs> Over the clouds and beyond the blue sky, going where none ever sickness or die. Love wants to meet in the sweet by and by. I'm going higher someday. Then sail oceans or soar through the air scarce can the natural i see them up there some seek for fame which so soon will decay i'm going higher yes higher someday i'm going higher yes higher today I'm going higher to stay over the clouds and the beyond the blue sky, going where none ever sickens or dies. Love wants to meet in the sweet by and by. I'm going higher someday on the last. Soon will the Savior appear, bless his name. Someday this earth will be all wrapped in fame. Then as I see face the fire mount high, I'm going higher beyond that blue sky. I'm going higher, yes, higher today. I'm going higher to stay over the clouds and beyond the blue sky, going where none ever sickens or dies. Love wants to meet in the sweet by and by. I'm going higher someday. Well, glory, hallelujah. That was totally off the cuff, but praise the Lord. That's all right, amen. We always need to broaden our horizons with new songs. And how many of you are thankful tonight that you're going higher with Jesus? My desire, the, the, the desire of my heart, ought always be, Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Amen. No such thing is neutral. Uh, in the family of God, you're either going forward or you're going backwards. And I want to make sure that I'm striving 
for the mastery. Amen? Uh, that's right. Not settling for mediocrity, but striving for the mastery. Amen. Praise God tonight. All right. Uh, somebody have a, a testimony tonight or a song that you'd like to share uh, prior to the message this evening? Has God been good to anybody today? God hasn't been good to nobody, has he? Poor, pitiful us. Amen. We're blessed, aren't we, church? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Just the privilege to be able to come to church is something you ought to thank God for. There's so many people that have a desire, but they're just simply not able. Maybe they're in the hospital, the nursing home, the jailhouse. Uh, amen. But I'm thankful that I have, uh, amen, breath in my lungs and health in my body that gives me the ability to come and be faithful to the house of God. Amen. Praise God. All right. Any others tonight? Shayla, you got something? You just waving at me? Amen. I'm waving back. Hallelujah. You too, sister. Amen. Well, I am. I'm thankful for these children, aren't you? Boy, we had, uh, I, I don't know, we had a large number of children this morning in our service. And we've got a good number again tonight. And I'm thankful for every single one of them. Uh, amen. I'll tell you what, uh, I'm going to start uh, recruiting some of them, though. Amen. And uh, uh, Amen. I would say mate, but just uh, amen. Kind of prodding them along to get up and help us sing. Amen. I'm thankful for our young people thankful for the young people we baptized this afternoon. Amen. Thank God. Uh, when we see a life, uh, when we see a soul saved, uh, or a young person saved, not only is it their soul, uh, but it's also their life. Amen. They're giving their life to Jesus Christ. And boy, I pray that God will do a great and a mighty work uh, uh, for them and through them. Amen. Holly, come sing for us tonight. just sit there and look at me. I said, Holly, come sing. I don't think we've got two Hollies. Amen. Maybe Holly and Tanya could sing a duet. Or maybe Miss Denise could help. How about that? What do you think? <laughs> no comment, though. such thing as the future with God. He's not bound by time. In his mind, it's already happened. We're, as all, we're already as good as if we were home. Amen. Mr. H is pulling stunts on me tonight. Now Miss Holly's doing the same. So. <laughs>
been held in your hand from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head I will sing of the goodness of sing 
Would you sing that chorus with us tonight? As the world looks upon me, as I struggle along, they say I have nothing, but they are so wrong. In my heart I'm rejoicing, how I wish they could see. Above me, 
how much I love the Lord and I just appreciate his goodness and um, this week it was a hard week um, because this past Thursday had been two years since I lost my dad and, and um, it's, it's, a, it's a hard thing to have to go through but I know I know where he's at and I'm just thankful you know just like that song said you know all my life God has been faithful to me all my life um you know my parents took me to church as a baby and you know we never church was a priority and I'm just thankful that I had parents that you know brought me to church and taught me about Jesus and I can say my dad did that he was faithful and I miss him a lot but you know I know I'm going to see him again soon and I'm thankful for my dad, and I'm thankful for the life he lived, and uh, I'm just glad to be saved tonight. All my life, he's been faithful. All my life, he's been so good, every breath. That I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. I don't want any rocks trying out for me. Amen. Hey, Jesus is going to get praise one way or another. And it ought to be from his people. Amen. The Bible says that the Lord inhabiteth the praises of his people. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. We have every reason to praise him tonight. Have you been obedient this evening before we preach?
That's right. That's right. Yes, ma'am, Amy. Amen. That's good, Emma. Yes, we are. Amen. Yes, we do. We are spoiled. Amen. Amen. It's good, Emma. It's good. And uh, she, you know what she said is so true about the relief aid workers. Those uh, I know that Ralph Sexton Ministries uh, has a big tent set up over there trying to help with the relief effort. I'm sure that um, the Good Samaritan, Samaritan's Purse Ministries, I would assume, is over there. And uh, thank God for ministries such, a, such as that that are willing to be practically the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. And um, amen. My, my, my. I tell, I've said it before, but I'll say it again. You ought to Every morning you wake up, you ought to kiss the ground you walk in, the, fa the fact you're blessed to be born in America. Amen. Somebody else tonight? Oh, boy.
probably wouldn't worry nearly as much as what we do. Amen. Amen. I appreciate that, Mary. Anybody else tonight before we preach? You got something on your heart before the message? Felt good to be in the Lord's house tonight, hadn't it? Amen. Hallelujah. All minds and hearts clear. Romans chapter number five. Romans chapter number five. Last time we were in this uh, chapter, we got through one verse. That ain't no good, is it? But it was a good verse. Verse number 12. Let's see if we can move a little further down the road tonight. I'm sure y'all ain't holding your breath, but we'll see what we can do. Verse number 13. 
If you found your place, uh, if you're able, stand in reverence to God's word. If not, you can stay seated. Verse number 13, for until the law, I'll tell you what, let's read verse 12. I'm not going to, I've already um, preached verse 12. But wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. If you believe that, say amen. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's, sin, or one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Thank God for that. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. Here's another one of those wonderful classic verses in the book of Romans. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Are you thankful for that? That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Father in heaven, I love you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for the presence of the Holy Spirit of God tonight. Uh, Lord, I'm thankful that your people are not here just to go through the motions, but God, we're here to worship. And Lord, I pray, uh, Lord, that the offerings of our lips, the testimonies of our mouths, the songs that have come out of our hearts, God, would put a, a smile on your face, God. Lord, that's the least we can do after everything you've done for us, God. The least we can do is offer up our praises into your sight. And Lord, I pray tonight that you bless the Word of God. Lord, as it's been read and now as it's preached, God, give me an unction. Lord, cleanse my heart of any sin. Lord, I pray that you'd use me, God, to be a messenger and a deliverer and a proclaimer. Uh, not of my word, but of your word. Lord, honor your word, exalt your son by way of your humble servant. We're going to praise you tonight for who you are and what you do. In Jesus' name we pray all God's people said. You may be seated. I've entitled this section, Wherefore, as by one man. And we know that throughout uh, this section, throughout these verses that we just read, beginning with uh, verse number 12, the emphasis is upon that phrase, one man. Uh, how many of, you, of your, you believe tonight that all it takes with God is one man? And not just one man, but one woman, one boy or girl, one with God always has been and always will be a majority. But did you know that all it takes is one man to mess things up? Amen. Uh, what is it? One apple can ruin the whole batch. Just a little leaven leavens a whole lump. Amen. Aching provides us with an example of what happens when you've just got one man with sin uh, in, his, in his tent. 
Amen. And, uh, boy, we need to understand the seriousness uh, of how that, uh, amen, one, ba- one man can mess things up just as one man God can use to perform a miracle. But, amen, the greatest miracle that was ever performed was by one man, the God-man, Jesus Christ. Amen. The first Adam, uh, uh, amen, brought all of humanity and under the curse of sin. But one man, Jesus, did so much more good for man that one bad man could ever do. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord tonight. I feel like preaching all of a sudden. So let's get right into this as we find a contrast between uh, what Adam did, the first man, as opposed to what Jesus did, who was the second man. Amen. Jesus is the second Adam. Adam provides us with a type and a picture of Jesus Christ. Amen. Not in comparison, but in contrast. How much more and how much greater uh, is that which Jesus Christ has done for us than what Adam did to us by thrusting all of humanity in, in under a state of sin, bondage, and death. All right, let's notice an oblivion tonight. For until the law, verse 13, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no, no law. And again, this comes right on the heels of verse number 12, wherefore as by one man sin entered into, into the world and death by sin, and so death hath passed upon all men for that all have sin. Say this phrase with me. Wherefore, as by one man. Boy, y'all's all mixed up on that. Let's do it again. Wherefore, as by one man. All it takes is one man. But again, we find an oblivion. For until the law was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Paul here is revealing how that a limbo period existed in between Adam's sin that occurred in the Garden of Eden and the actual giving of the law that occurred on top of the mountain between God and Moses. And one thing we've studied uh, throughout uh, our examination of the book of Romans is how that the law was never uh, meant or intended by God to remove or take away sin. The law was not given to remove sin, but instead it was given to reveal sin. Amen? And to show us that we were sinners in need of salvation. Amen. We could never be saved by the keeping of the law. Amen. Why? Because man never has and never will be able to keep the law. Only Jesus was able to do that. And he did. He kept it to every dotting of the I and every crossing of the T. Amen. But the law revealed sin. But what about that limbo period in between the time when man uh, was thrust into a state of sin, condemnation and death that was passed down upon not just Adam, but every uh, person who was born hereafter. Uh, Again, there was no revelation of sin. Amen, that's what the Bible says. But here, even though the people who lived during that time were ignorant and oblivious to the reality of sin, that being said, even though God's people were unaware of their sin, that did not change the reality and existence of it. You know, I, that's one thing that I'm thankful for, for uh, God's Word, is the fact that it reveals my sin. Amen? Listen, if the, if the Word of God did not reveal my sin, I would be unaware of the fact that I need a Savior. Amen? Without 
the reality of sin, there's no need for salvation. That's why I can't uh, understand this group in our day that wants to uh, provide a, a salvation uh, that is oblivious to sin, that does not even uh, mention the word sin, that does not uh, deal with the reality of man's sin. The reason we need a Savior is because we're all guilty before God. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. Amen. We are sinners. Uh, amen. When Adam fell, way back in the Garden of Eden, the entire human race was plunged into, uh, amen, a, an existence uh, of separation from God. I'm thankful you ought not get angry or mad when a preacher preaches on sin. Amen. You ought to be thankful that the Word of God, uh, amen, that God loves you enough, amen, to reveal uh, amen, not just the fact that sin exists, but just how uh, guilty you are. Friend, I'm telling you the worst thing uh, that's ever happened in your life, the thing that, uh, amen, your greatest enemy is your old rotten sinful Adamic flesh. Amen, it'll cause more damage in your life than anything else. Uh, amen, and as that old saying says, sin will either keep you from the book or the book will keep you from sin. Amen. So I'm thankful that the Word of God has been given to reveal the existence, the depth and the depravity of my sin. But according to the second part of this verse, the individual acts of sin themselves could not be held against God's people who committed them because of the absence of God's law until the law of sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed or accounted for when there is no law. So that begs the question, if people were not held accountable for their acts of sin during that transition period that began uh, with man getting kicked out of the Garden of Eden and continuing all through, on through the giving out of the law by way of Moses on top of Mount Sinai, why did God's people still die and suffer the consequence of sin even though God did not hold them accountable, accountable for their individual acts of sin? Well, verse number 14 gives us the answer. Nevertheless, death reigned. From Adam to Moses. And this goes back to uh, the previous point we made. How that even though people were not held accountable for their acts of sin, yet people still died. And they still suffered the consequences and the effects of sin uh, that had been caused in the world. You say, preacher, why do all bad things happen in this world? Why is there so much injustice, unfairness? Uh, amen. Why? Does the world seem to be in a state of chaos and lawlessness and disorder, dysfunction? Amen. I want to remind you tonight, friend, the world's not evolving, it's devolving. It's not getting better, it's getting worse. Amen. This world, world's headed to a state of destruction quicker than any of us can even realize. If your hope's in the world, friend, you better not hold your breath. Amen. Because this world, amen is out of control like a freight train headed on a downward track. Amen. How could God still be just and righteous by allowing uh, man to suffer the consequence of sin, which is death, even though that from the point in time of Adam uh, right up until the giving of, law, of the law, uh, man was not aware of sin's existence? Well, that... Provides us with an association, verse number 14, even over them that had not sinned. Listen, after the similitude 
of Adam's transgression. Here the key phrase is after the similitude of Adam's transgression. And in this phrase, the word similitude means to have a resemblance or a likeness to somebody else. Can I say to you tonight that you're either like the first man, Adam, or you're like the second man, Jesus Christ? Amen. And in our lives, the longer we live after we get saved, the, the more our lives ought to more accurately resemble Jesus Christ. That ought to be our desire. That ought to be our motivation is to, uh, amen, to be more like Christ the longer we live and the older we get. I'm not nearly as much like Jesus as I want to be, but I'm a whole lot more like Him, uh, bless God, than I used to be. Hallelujah. But amen, I want to be like Christ tonight, don't you? Amen, praise God. After the similitude, the resemblance, or the likeness. You know, God didn't hold man responsible for the individual acts of sin he committed during the transition period. But he did justly hold man responsible for the similitude, the likeness, and the resemblance that man had to, with Adam that came about because of men's irrefutable and undeniable connection and identification we have as members of Adam's fallen race. Boy, I tell you, when I get to heaven, if there's one thing I'd like to do, I'd like to get a hold of that old rascal Adam that plunged. Uh, amen. That, that one choice. He, he had no idea just how serious the consequences of that uh, one choice were. Amen. The entire race of Adam has been infected by the spiritual gene of sin that's been passed down from one generation to another just as each child is conceived by the seed of their father. Amen. Do you know you were already a sinner before you ever committed the first sin? Amen. I'm a sinner by nature before I'm a sinner by choice. Before I've ever choose to sin, that old sinful seed, that old sinful nature of sin that was passed down from Adam's race. Amen. David said that uh, he was uh, shapen in iniquity and in sin did his mother conceive me. You say, preacher, why would God allow a little child or a baby to die? And this hits home. Don't get offended because I know what this is like. As I know what it is to hold the lifeless corpse of a child in my hands. Why would God let that baby die? Because that baby was conceived in sin. Amen. That's right. The, 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 a, death sentence, uh, a death sentence was passed in over your life before you ever exited out of your mother's womb. You understand that tonight? You were born with a death penalty pronounced in over your life. Of course, I don't believe that babies who die go to hell. Amen. I believe they go to, to heaven. David said, I can't go, uh, I can't bring him back to me, but I sure can go where he's at. Hallelujah. And I'm thankful for that tonight. But amen. Uh, we might refer to the sentence of those who fell and under the death sentence, even though they were not guilty of violating a law they were not aware of, they were guilty by association. Anybody ever heard of that? Guilt by association. And that is what allows God to justifiably and righteously condemn all man is because from the, from the very first person until the very last one. Amen. We are guilty 
by our association with the first man, Adam. Now, let me just, you say, well, that don't seem fair. Well, just hold on a minute. There's another association we identified that makes things a whole lot better. Just as I am guilty by my association with Adam, God declares me as being innocent by my association with the God-man, Jesus Christ. Amen. Even though I'm guilty, even though I'm unworthy, even though I don't deserve anything from God, because when the Father sees me, He sees Christ. He sees me just as though I've never sinned, not because of anything I've done, but because of everything Jesus did for me. And in my place, you ought to be shouting a house down tonight. Amen. We're guilty. Amen. Because we're associated. By the way, do you know that's why Jesus wasn't guilty? Uh, amen. Did you know that's why Jesus was sinless? I, I believe Jesus was impeccable. I believe that Christ could not have even sinned if he wanted to. Why? Because he did not possess the human nature that you and I are born with. Why? Because he wasn't conceived of a man. He is conceived of the Holy Ghost. That's why the virgin birth is so important for brother. Don't you let anybody tell you that the virgin birth is a doctrine that we could take or leave. No, my friend, because if Christ had been conceived of Adam, the first man, he would have been guilty as charged. But because he was conceived of the Holy Ghost, that old sinful gene that has infected every human being aside from our Savior, it skipped a generation. By the way, that's why Jesus couldn't have children. Do you know that? Because if Christ would have had children, amen, he didn't have the seed of Adam. And his children would have been sinless as well. Boy, that's deep, isn't it? Amen. But praise God, I'm thankful, hallelujah, that what, uh, amen, although I was guilty by association through the first man, Adam, amen, I've been declared innocent and righteous through the second man, my Savior, Jesus Christ. Illustration, who is the figure of him? That was to come. Here Paul introduces what is one of the greatest types, figures, and illustrations that are found within the entirety of Scriptures. And friend, if we could ever get a grasp or a grip, uh, amen, on these ideas, amen, that Paul does such a masterful job of describing to us over the next few verses, it would stir our souls. Here Paul makes an amazing contrast between the superiority of what we human beings gain through Christ as opposed to those things we all lost through Adam. Did you hear the preacher tonight? Amen. What I lost through Adam. Isn't it amazing that, that amen, the Apostle Paul was so brilliant? Of course, it wasn't just his own brilliance, but it was the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Speaking through him as he wrote down and penned the words of the Bible but that he was literally able to use Adam as a to be a type and a figure of Jesus. Not in comparison, but in contrast. Paul is showing how what Jesus, what we gain through Jesus is superior to what we lost by way of Adam. Amen. You know, again, God just has a way of balancing the scales, doesn't he? Now, I don't believe in karma, so to speak. That's a, a new age idea or, or thought, karma. Amen? But in a sense, I do believe what goes around comes around. Amen? Do you believe that tonight? 
Amen. What goes around comes around. Because, again, it would seem fair to us that God would hold us guilty by way of our association with the first man, Adam. But, boy, God balanced the scales and then some when he was able to declare us not guilty and innocence by way of our, uh, our association with the second man, Jesus Christ. Man, I hope this ain't boring to you. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. What, what God has done for us in saving our souls. Just as we were all found guilty through Adam, we've all been found innocent and right, declared righteous, justified, just as we've, if we've never sinned. Amen. Because when God sees us, He sees the Son. Not the S-U-N, but the S-O-N. Amen. See, the, the first... Man, Adam's transgression provides us with a countertype and a counterfigure of the righteousness that occurred and was given in and through the sinless life of Christ. Amen. And this battering back and forth to where Paul uses this illustration of Adam versus the Lord Jesus to provide a contrast between what man lost through Adam's sin by what man gained through our Lord's righteousness continues all the way through the remainder of the chapter. Transgression, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. Here Paul, again, is contrasting, masterfully making a contrast between what he refers to the, as the offense as opposed to the free gift. Now this word offense means transgression. And the, fr the, the, the phrase free gift, does anybody know what that word means in the English language? Grace. How many of you are thankful for God's amazing grace? Amen. God's riches at Christ, uh, at Christ's expense. God's unmerited favor towards us. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. But God freely chose to give it to us anyway. Man, what the apostle is doing here is showing the superiority of the free gift of grace to the penalty of sin, the offense that was committed by Adam back in the garden. And that is the theme of these verses. And that is how God's grace always has been and always will be greater than our sin. Did you hear me tonight? God's grace always has been and always will be greater than our sin. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. You just wait till we, uh, amen, till I show you what uh, amen, all that's, that's contained within that one little thought where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. But much more. Amen, for, for uh, amen, uh, production, for if through the offense of one many be dead, verse 15. See, that's what happened. That's the consequence of one man's offense is death. Can I remind you there's always a consequence for sin? Boy, I tell you, the Holy Spirit was here a couple of weeks ago when we studied uh, chapter number 5, verse number 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death hath passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Do you think Adam and Eve could have ever imagined just how severe the consequences of that their one sin was? And friend, I want to remind you, the devil's going to do his dead level best to get you to underestimate the severity of sin's consequences. Amen. The devil, he's a lowballer. He'll lowball you. He'll offer you something at a price you cannot refuse. But then when it comes time for the trans, 
transaction, amen, you're going to find out that the price and the cost for your sin is so much greater than what the, the old devil ever said it'd be. Amen. You say, preacher, what is the consequence of the offense? Death. Many be dead. Death. Separation from God. Unable to, to, to fulfill the very purpose by which we were created, and that is to walk and to talk with God. But yet sin caused a middle wall of partition to come up between man and God, where man could not access God's presence because of his sin. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. Can I remind you that sin is, an, it is a necessary part of sal the salvation equation? I've already said that, but it's true. You cannot, you know, uh, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Sin is the very reason that ne necessitated the, the birth, the, the sinless life, and the vicarious death Amen. And the miraculous supernatural resurrection of the, our Lord and Savior. Amen. It was our sins that caused Him to go all the way for us. Amen. Profusion, much more. The grace of God. Now, I want, I'll tell you what I want you to do. I want you to underline that phrase, much more. Say that with me tonight. Much more. Amen. How, much, how, how many of you are thankful that God is a God of abundance? He's able to do much more than what we could ever imagine. And to Him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. He is a God of much more. He's a God of unlimited resources. He's a God of unlimited potential. Amen. There, we, we can't ever put a cap on what God can do. Amen. You hear the phrase much more. It's derived from two Greek words, and they mean to be better than or superior to. <laughs> Isn't that good? Amen. This phrase, much more, it occurs four times in our text. Uh, you can go down through the text, uh, amen, here in Romans chapter number 5, and you can find this phrase, much more, beginning with verse number 10 and continuing through verse 21. You can find it four times, and when, when the Lord repeats himself, he's trying to get our attention. Somebody say amen. It's not just about an advantage that Christ has over Adam, listen to me tonight, in quantity, but also in quality as it relates to what we sinners inherited from Adam as opposed to what we, again, what we lost in Adam versus what we gained through Jesus. See, not only is what we sinners inherited from God, from the God-man, Jesus, better than what we received from the first man, and then a contrast between the God-man and the first man. But it is in effect so much better. So that there really is not even, even comparison to the two. I, I'm telling you what you lost through Adam cannot even be compared to what you gained through Jesus Christ. See, what we received from Adam harmed us, but what we got through Jesus helped us. Hallelujah! What we got from the first man condemned us. What we... Received from the God-man, saved our souls. What we inherited from the first man brought us down. What we inherited from the God-man lifted us up out of hell's pit. Aren't you thankful tonight that what you lost through your affiliation with the first man, you gained it all back and then some 
through your relationship with the God-man, Jesus Christ. There's a subsidization. I know it's a big word. I'm just amen, doing my best to get it all together tonight. Amen. Not only the grace of God, but then the gift by grace. See, the word gift here means a subsidy. It's talking about a tip of gratuity <laughs> that is provided along with or in addition to certain things. Amen. And specifically, I think Paul here is referring to the gift of righteousness that is made available to us sinners by the act of justification. And the channel of grace the Lord has so freely provided to us. Friend, I want to remind you that every good and perfect gift comes from above. Amen. Everything you possess in life. Amen. Holly sang it tonight. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. There's a roof up above me. I have a good place to sleep. There's food on my table and shoes on my feet. Boy, I, I, I prayed that before and got it backwards. I'd say there's shoes on my table and food on my feet. I don't think that's the way God intended it to be to you. Amen. You gave me your love, Lord, and a fine family. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. Amen. When God saved us, He opened up a reservoir of grace that proceeds down to us from the throne of God on high. And it's all made available to us through God's darling Son, Jesus Christ. Oh, if I was preaching in a Pentecostal church, they'd be shouting the chandeliers down. <laughs> Amen. Isn't that good? Not only, not only the not only grace, but the gift by grace. All of those benefits, all that extra gratuity or that so, Amen. What would you think if you went to the restaurant? Amen. Some of you went to the restaurant this afternoon. You know how it is, your, your, your waitress, they serve you. And then after their service, not only do you pay the bill, if that ain't uh, enough, if that isn't steep enough of a price, then you got to add a tip. And by the way, don't ever stiff your waitress. That's a bad testimony if you're a Christian. Amen? But I'm telling you, friend, tonight, what if, what if, uh, what if that waitress, I mean, she just worked to death because the restaurant was full of people, and I mean, just sweating it out and, amen, doing everything she could to just keep from spilling her trash. And then when it was all said and done, you paid your bill, and then instead of her, you know, sticking her hand out, you stepped, stuck your hand out and said, you, now you tip me instead of me tipping you. Now that, that, that don't make a lick of sense, does it? But in essence, that's what Jesus did. He did all the work, and then He tipped us. Not for what we've done, but for what He's done. Hallelujah. Praise His high and holy name tonight. It's an unspeakable gift. Origin, which is by one man, Jesus Christ. Verse 15. Do you know that God's grace can only be made available by one man? Amen. Adam was never uh, intended to be a source of grace. The, the, the first man, Adam, didn't give anything to us. It took it all away from us. Amen. But everything we have and everything we've received, friend, if you want an access into God's unlimited storehouse and eternal, never-ending supply of grace, the only way you can get it is through Jesus Christ. Amen. He's the only key that unlocks the door of God's storehouse of grace. Amen.
you got to start at the Jesus pool. You're going to have to come down the river of Christ in order to obtain all the treasures and riches God's made available to those who've been made righteous by way of Christ's blood. Amen. I'm talking about the blessed Son of God. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Proliferation. I'm almost done. I know y'all's all tore up. Hallelujah. I could preach to midnight. Hath abounded. <laughs> Glory. Now I want to say to you tonight that this word abounded. Can I say this? When you study God's word, study the individual words. I'm telling you, it's not just the thoughts of the Bible that are inspired, but it's the very word of words of God. I, I believe every period, every question mark, every comma, every hyphen, I believe every one of them were written and breathed out by the Holy Spirit of God. I mean, the words of God. This phrase, hath abounded tonight, friend, it means to have an excess, an abundance, a surplus, an extra amount, or to have more than enough left over. Can I say to you tonight, if you've got Christ, you've got more than enough. How many of you believe tonight that Jesus is more than enough? I mean, if you don't have Christ, you have nothing. But if you have the Savior, you have more than enough than what you need. Physically speaking, you may be poor, but if you've got the Savior, you're rich beyond measure. Abounded. Amen. We've already talked about a superiority, uh, amen, in quality. But now about, how about a superiority in quantity? You put these two truths together, we find that Christ is superior to and has an advantage over Adam in both quality and quantity. Amen. And what, Ad, what, Adam, what we lost through Adam as opposed to what we gained through Jesus. This word abound, abound, or abundant is used to total, listen to me tonight, five times in this second section of Romans chapter number 5, which by the way I want to remind you that the number 5 is the number of grace in God's Word. Amen, just like there were five porches at the pool of Bethesda, amen, signifying that was a place of grace, amen. How many of you are thankful that you know what it is to go to the place of grace and get more than enough? Amen. We who are saved don't ever have to worry about the channel and the reservoir of grace drying up. Amen. Oh, Elijah, he found himself at the brook Cherith right in the middle of the famine. God fed him by the ravens. Amen. And he, he quenched his thirst by way of the brook. And that's a picture of grace. But you know there was a day when the brook dried up. And, and old Elijah had to find grace from a different source. I'm thankful that you and I, under the New Testament economy of grace, we don't have to ever worry about the brook drying up. <laughs> Hallelujah. God's never going to run out of grace. His grace is sufficient. Uh, amen. Somebody told me last night, I was on the phone and talking about food shortages. And friend, that's a reality. A shortage of food. And it could be that that, that may end up being a form of persecution that we suffer as Christians. Amen. In other words, if we don't con con conform, they'll try to starve us out. You don't believe that's possible. You need to get your head out of the sand. Hallelujah. But hey, even if they try to starve us out, God will still make a way to feed His children. If He can 
clothed the lilies of the field, if he can feed the birds of the air, you better believe that, amen, I've yet to see the righteous forsaken nor his seed beg for bread. God will take care of you. And he'll never run out of grace to meet your need. His grace, do you believe that tonight? Do you believe, do you really and truly believe, as sure as I'm standing here preaching before you this evening, do you really believe that God's grace is sufficient for you? You believe that? Amen. Well, it doesn't make, make a difference whether you believe it or not. That's what the Bible says. God's grace is sufficient. Amen. There is almost always a connection in the Word of God between the word grace and the word abound. Why? Because when it comes to God's grace, the Lord has always assured us that there'll be more than enough to get us through whatever we're facing and to satisfy whatever need that exists in our lives. If you have a need tonight, why don't you just ask God to give it to you? You know, the devil wants to make us, and I'm closing, the devil wants to make us feel guilty. Does the devil ever do that to you? Make you feel guilty for asking God for something? Amen? You know, it's in our human nature. Of course, not the younger generation. They feel entitled to ask those that have for everything. Amen? The have-nots think they're entitled to what we have. Amen? That's right. That's good preaching right there. But listen... There's been times when I've needed something and because of all my earthly father has done for me and how good my dad here in this life has been to me, provided for me, took care of me, amen, give to me when he, did, when he shouldn't have, amen. I wrecked probably three cars before I was 18 years old, amen. Tried to cancel my insurance policy. Now, he didn't, get, he didn't keep giving. He didn't keep enabling my stupidity but he still helped me along the way because he's my father and he loves me. Amen? And over in the, uh, in the Gospels, Jesus, oh, hallelujah, he gave this parable. Uh, amen? And he talked about if ye, being evil as human beings, know how to give good gifts to your children. Friend, it's just a natural inclination of a parent to be good to his kids. Amen. If a, you show me a daddy, uh, amen. You show me a mama or daddy, uh, amen. That's not uh, that's that's so worthless that they wouldn't want to provide for and take care of their young youngins. They're worse than a, an infidel, according to the word of God. But if we, being evil, know how to give good gifts to our children, you know what the next phrase is? How much more <laughs> shall your heavenly Father give? To them that asketh. Amen. You ought never let old Satan rob you of a blessing by causing you to feel guilty. You know what thrills God's soul more than anything else other than being saved when one of his youngins comes knocking on his door and say, Oh, Daddy, would you give me this? I'm in need. Oh, Daddy, Abba Father. Amen. Come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to heaven. Oh, Daddy, would you give me? Amen. I'm not talking about giving you a Lamborghini or a Porsche. Hallelujah. I'm talking about your daily bread, your daily needs. Oh, God, would you help me? Daddy, would you help me? And I promise you, your Heavenly Father's not going to stand you up. He's going to come running. He said, My God shall supply all your need according to the riches of 
His grace and goodness by Christ Jesus. We finished tonight with an inclusion unto many. Now here I want you to notice how Paul chooses to use the word many rather than all to describe just exactly who the recipients of God's grace are meant for and intended towards. Amen? You know, the Bible says, For the grace of God that bringeth forth salvation hath applied to all men. And I'm thankful for that. God has extended His grace and made it available to all. But did you know the grace of God is only efficient to those who believe and to those who place their faith and trust in Jesus? So a lost man cannot claim the promise of Philippians 4.19. But my God shall supply all your need. He wasn't talking about the lost man. Now God does more for the lost man than he ought to do. But I'm telling you God's promise to supply an infinite, never-ending portion of grace that's more than, enough, more than enough is a special designation to those of us who have been made partakers of the divine nature, and we have become a part of the family of God. Just like old Mephibosheth down there in Lodabar. The house of no bread. <laughs> he was a son of Saul. He was an enemy of the king, and he should have been killed, according to Middle Eastern custom. But there came a day where David sovereignly said, I'm going to show kindness unto Mephibosheth, Saul's son. And he sent his Servant Zeba, who's a type and a picture of the Holy Spirit of God. <laughs> on a journey down to the house of no bread, that place of Lodabar. And no Zeba knocked on his door. And Zeba was scared when he found out that it was the king's servant. Oh, Lord, he's come to slay me. And old Zeba said, Lodabar, or said Oh, uh, Mephibosheth, you don't have anything to be afraid of. Because the king has decided he wants to show grace and kindness and favor unto you even though you're one of Saul's sons. And he picked him up and he brought that old lame crippled boy that couldn't even walk on his feet. A type of picture of we sinners, amen, who are unable to come to God if we wanted to. And he brought him back into the palace. And he brought him into the inner court. And as Mephibosheth walked through the door of the king's dining room, he saw this great banquet table spread out and all of the king's sons and daughters. And those who were a part of the king's court had a specially reserved place at the table of the king. But all of a sudden, old Mephibosheth looked and there was a special seat with his name on it. Amen. A place, uh, amen, uh, at the king's table that was reserved for that no good dirty dog named Mephibosheth. And for the rest of his life, old Mephibosheth sat and feasted at the table as if he were one of the king's sons, which is a perfect picture and representation of what God's done for you and I who are saved. We don't deserve it. We haven't earned it. We're not worthy of it, but God has shown, has saw fit to show kindness unto you and I. And we now live and we now feast at heaven's banquet table as if we're one of the king's sons. Thank God for His sufficient, never-ending supply of grace that will never run dry. Why? Because great God's grace is sufficient. And His reservoir of grace is more than enough to meet your need. Let's all stand tonight.
Heavenly Father, I love you. Thank you, Lord, for giving me the ability to preach. Lord, thank you for giving me that unction. Lord, thank you for giving me that wisdom and discernment, God, to share with your people according to the truths of your marvelous word. Lord, maybe there's somebody here tonight that needs a special portion of grace. God, help us to never feel guilty about knocking on Daddy's door and asking him to give us what we need. Lord, the Bible says we have not because we ask not. And then it also says we have not because we ask amiss. So if somebody needs to come tonight, and Lord, I pray that you'd help us to come in faith, believing that whatever it is we need, it's on the way, and you're going to give it to us according to your infinite supply of grace. Lord, I'm thankful that through Jesus, your grace is sufficient, and it always has been, and it always will be more than enough. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. And hallelujah, praise His high and holy name that His grace truly is greater than all our sins. In Jesus' name we pray. If you need to come, the altar's open tonight. Mind the Lord.